Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Mojo Sports. It is the NFL episode, and we have just had a crazy week one of NFL football. I mean, when we talk about the NFL being scripted and we talk about the NFL being written by other people, I don't think you could have scripted a better week one. There were some major highs and some major lows for our teams, some certain quarterbacks, um, and we will touch on that. But the big news kind of coming out of week one, Aaron Rodgers out for the Jets season with an Achilles tear. He lasted 75 seconds on the field for the Jets. Riley, you're making a face. How much do you think that boy is missing his green bay line right now? Um, yeah, look, I think <sighs> I hate anybody getting injured, but the fact that he didn't even complete a pass, <laughs> I, there's just something about it that just doesn't make me happy. It just... <laughs> It's, I think it's the irony that they were like we're we're just a quarterback away, and they went and got you know Rogers their their savior. Jordan Love goes out absolutely rolls the Bears with the receivers that Rogers would have had, and he goes and destroys his entire season in seventy five seconds. Yeah, it was um. As a as a Bears fan, like it was like lovely to see. I hate anyone getting injured. Like you never want to see people get injured, but it was kind of just one of those moments where you're like, that sucks. Um, but that kind of leads us that leads me to my next kind of like point and topic. And Laura, you made a good point off air about the likes of um the Bills quarterback and quarterbacks that need to prove themselves we saw all these quarterbacks get major payouts in the offseason in Burrows, in Hertz uh in Lamar in um Jones as well over the Giants but these guys are you know their contracts combined are like 950 million dollars and I think they got one touchdown between the four of them I mean Josh Allen did not have a good game for the Bills what do you think is up with this quarterback market right now and who really has to prove himself moving in a week two? It's astronomical when you actually listen to that figure of nearly 950 million and the fact that they had one touchdown between a lot of them. I think, you know, Josh Allen is the most concerning quarterback of the group. We kind of touched on it last week. This is a guy coming into the season. There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on this team. You know, Stephon Diggs still had an outstanding game, over 100 receiving yards, yet they couldn't seal the deal. And I think it was the worst that we've ever seen Josh Allen look. It's concerning. It almost feels like these quarterbacks, they had these great off seasons, they had these big paydays, and they did not come in as prepared for the seasons they needed to have been. Um, you know, a lot of the the hype and the concern coming into this season was still around people like Russell Wilson, was starting to look at what some of these rookies might be doing, um, you know, with CJ Stroud. And I think we need to be concerned about what's happening with these paid vets. I mean, none of them had a great game. You take the touchdowns out of the picture. Even Lamar Jackson, who got the win, a terrible game. You look at Seattle, Geno Smith, that was a hideous game. Same with Justin Fields. Same with um, oh, uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, 
what's going to happen? I just don't think that these guys were prepared. I don't know what it is, but it's a bad look. Jamie, quick question for you. Do you think that week one we should take with a grain of salt because these kind of standout players, they don't really play in preseason. Do you think that's going to start proving to be a problem moving forward as we go through the next kind of couple of years with these, especially these rookie quarterbacks, even these vet quarterbacks with rookie players, you know, we've, you could see throughout week one, just that disconnect between these quarterbacks and these players, even those veteran players. Do you think that not playing in preseason is going to start to prove to be an issue? Massively. So yeah, massively. So I think, um, Mike Tomlin had a quote uh, in the preseason. Uh, a, a reporter asked, "Why, why are your starters getting so many minutes across these games?" And uh, the way he put it, pretty much, was, "You know, you've got to be battle tested before you go into battle. You know, you've got to take some of these hits a little bit earlier, get used to it. So by the time the season rocks up, you know, your your body and your mind are ready for what's." Uh, about to to come. Uh, a lot of good that did the Steelers this week, but you know. Uh, Wait one, you've got to move forward. But yeah, I think it's definitely a concern, man. It's, 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 there's so much money riding on all these players that you understand why they're sat throughout the preseason in the sense that you can't risk injuries. <clears throat> um, you, you, you don't want to risk injuries above all else. But at the same time, you've got to find this balance where come the regular season week one every week counts you know if you lose a game week one and it gets to the end of the season and you're like oh we really needed that win earlier in the season you get like these teams will be ruining the chances especially like the afc east if it gets tight with the bills at the end of the year they will look back to this game being like i cannot believe we lost we lost this game um so yeah I don't think it's enough to say, though, that, you know, maybe, yeah, preseason, these players, these quarterbacks, especially, need to be playing more in preseason. When I look back, and I can use Seattle as a great example, and DK Metcalf's second year, him and Russell Wilson spent almost the entire offseason together. They were in Mexico training. They were doing everything to build that chemistry. We know a lot of these quarterbacks have great chemistry, great connections with their receivers. We've seen it, even despite the movements that have been happening. Yet, it just doesn't seem that these quarterbacks came to the party and spent that time outside of the facility that maybe needed to happen to actually give us a decent week one. Week one isn't an excuse. We've seen it previous seasons with quarterbacks show up and have outstanding week one games. I don't know what it is this year. I think everyone's getting a little bit complacent and maybe it's to do with the fact that they're making too much money. Riley, I'll kind of give you the last thoughts here. Um, Moving into week two and moving into the season, as Laura said, we saw a lot of quarterbacks not perform, underperform. Um, not do well. They're a key position in football, as you and I both know, playing a sport. Um, what do you want to see from these quarterbacks like Burrow, like Allen, like Hertz, uh, moving into week two in this season? I think they just need to take control of the game. I think the Browns did a really good job in disrupting Burrow. Now, he's got one of the best passer ratings outside of the pocket. Um, and when he's under pressure, but this game, combined with the weather, it just shook him. And I think that does come back to calf injury. Didn't go through preseason training like he would have. He might have had a few reps in a preseason game just to get that, um, you know, that practice. And because of that injury, he didn't. And I think that's lingered into this game uh, so that he just didn't have that that muscle memory in in game situations. Um, so I think yeah, they just really need to. And it's something that I always say when I'm playing as well. Um, they need to play your own game. 
just because the defense is doing something or trying to dictate something, don't don't try to fit their game. You know, you've got to keep your game, make adjustments where you can. But you know, Burrow's strength is manipulation of that pocket. Um, you know, any of the quarterbacks, I think that that was their biggest issue is that they started playing the game that was around them rather than their own game. Yeah, and we saw some kind of major injuries um, in week one. We already touched on Aaron Rodgers, but Austin Eckler uh, took a bit of a knock in his game. Anthony Richardson took a bit of a knock in the last couple of minutes against in his game as well. We saw J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Tyler Lockett took a little bit of a hit. Aaron Jones pulled up with a hamstring injury. Uh, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Mike Williams for the Chargers. Jacoby Myers for the Vegas um, Pat Frymuth for again Pittsburgh, Andrew Thomas for the Giants. Um, just a number of players, key players for these teams that have seen either an ankle injury or pulled hamstring or something that happened in week one. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how these um teams move forward in week two um and what we can see out of these quarterbacks. But that being said, before we move on to week two, quickly we're gonna go around the grounds to everybody and we're gonna give your win of the week one and your major loss of week one. I'm going to kick it off. My major loss for week one should be no surprise to the team here, but it is the bears. Um, I think Claypool needed to be a lot better. I think our run game needed to be a lot better. Um, I think our play calling needed to be a lot better. Our defense was giving up major plays on third and 15, which it is disappointing when you are when a you've you know signed those players to those contracts like we have, and b you're already on third down and it's third and fifteen, it's third and twenty, and you're giving up an easy pass over the middle of the field um, or a touchdown. And to me, that's just not acceptable from the Bears. Um, I was very disappointed in Justin Fields, which is very hard for me to say, but he just either run or throw the ball, make a decision. I don't care what you do, but do something. Um, because he looked like, again, like last year, he had a little bit of a seatbelt on him. He couldn't quite get out. He wanted to make the big play. Um, where we were successful was the short passes, the quick passes, the check down. Um, so I think he needs to utilize those a bit more. Uh, DJ Moore was targeted probably more than twice, but the two times he did catch the ball that I saw when I was actually paying attention to the game. Uh, he actually did well. His yards after catch are good. So I think we need to use DJ Moore a little bit more, but I was very disappointed with the Bears for week one, but it is week one, so hopefully we feel week two. My win uh, for week one, I'm going to go Lions because, oh my gosh, the win over the Chiefs to open up week one to me was super, super fun. Um, To go for it on that fourth down drive that really kind of spurred them uh, through for a touchdown uh, was great. I love listening to the commentators after that game because they're like, well, it's a win with an asterisk because they were missing Travis Kelsey. They were missing, you know, other people as well. I don't care. Asterisks are not player out or not. A win is a win. And the, to see the Chiefs get knocked out by one point in Arrowhead by of all teams, the Lions, um, just made me very, very happy. A little, you know, worried for someone who uh, is in the NFC North with the Bears. But that is my win and my loss for week one. We're staying in the NFC North. Jamie, what is your win and loss for week one of this NFL 2023-24 season? 
Uh, I'll follow your trend and, and start with my loss. Uh, I'd, I'd like to just take a step back and get a bit of a bigger picture. I think my biggest loss was, again, as we said, week one, but the expectancy coming into this season for the AFC in general to produce, you know, really strong teams. Um, and again, granted, I know I have to preface this with it's week one. I'm sure that these teams will get better, but, you know, Chiefs didn't look great. We've already talked about the Bills. Bengals didn't look great, you know. These 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 three, you know, supposed super not super teams, but very very strong teams, title contenders, just didn't show up. Didn't show up, and of course, there's a lot of time for that to happen. But you know, the strongest teams looked like they were in the NFC. They really did. There was there were some good performances, and a lot of the time it can be matchup dependent. But there were there were things to take from all the NFC contenders. Like that Dallas defense is oh my. Goodness, it is incredible. You know, they they manhandled the team. It was like they weren't even playing a team from the NFL. Like they shut them out and beat them by 40 points. When does that happen? You don't see that often, especially in a divisional game. You know, I mean, they can get weird, but you'd expect the Giants to throw something back. Um, my big win for the week is... I I loved Ayuk's block on CMC's run. I remember messaging the chat. I, I remember rewinding. I was like, "That's so cool." I I wish I could put put that as my win. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tua and the Dolphins. You know, just as I said, where is the AFC contenders? What's going on? The weakness. They were the one team from the AFC which were fantastic. You know, uh, that looked like Tua's best game um, behind center. And man, if they if they if they can really go on a run in the regular season, they'd be a nightmare in the playoffs. Like, you know, we've had just over a year now of, of teams trying to defend Mike with Daniel's offense. I don't know what you do. Like, like what are the signs? Like the Pats are coming up, but even then, you know, they look great, but two, I don't think two has lost to the Pats yet. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there, but those are my takeaways from week one. Uh, good takeaways, good mentions. Uh, definitely that AFC uh, for sure is I uh, want to watch. Riley, what is your win and take uh, loss for week one and any kind of surprise or takeaway you have? Um, I'm going to sort of piggyback off Jamie, but I'm going to do my loss to, of the charges. Um, I don't understand the mentality of doing man coverage against two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. I don't understand that. You know you can't defend him. Why are you letting one person try and do that? Like it's the fourth highest amount of passing yards ever by a quarterback in in opening week. It's the first time a passer has completed over 400 yards and had a receiver over 200 yards in the opening week. Like – the Chargers, we know they blew a massive lead in their last game. And they came out and said, we've been thinking about that every single day since this uh, coach said, he's like, you know, we just didn't want to do that. But you let in 36 points. When your team can score 34, you shouldn't be losing at all. Like that, I just don't understand that mentality and having the Chiefs lose and having a divisional game between the Raiders and the Broncos at the same time when one of them has to lose as well, you have the ability to just to just have that one step above everybody in that very first week. Now you're going into a, a division that's already going to be hard to, to beat, being one down to two teams, and I just, yeah, I 
I just don't understand that that mentality of defense. Um, and my biggest win, I I'm actually going to give it to the Bucks. How they did that, I have no idea. Baker Mayfield, he stiff armed a guy in the face and told him that he's got to put his weight behind it next time. Like he's literally talking trash to them still. And it's a good thing for the Bears. The the, the Vikings, you know, they're, they're supposed to be that powerhouse. They've got the receivers. They've got a quarterback that should, you know, he, he's – he always throws the yards. He always throws the touchdowns, but his turnovers are what kill him. He's not a runner, so he has to rely on his arm. But, yeah, I just I, – I couldn't believe the Bucks getting getting that win. Yeah, that was a surprising one, especially since the Vikings are, what, 11-0 and 0 when it came to, like, one like, – Goal game. Yeah, one goal games. Um, to see them go 0-1 now is, is, is funny, but – Great for the NFC North. Um, Laura, you get to round us out for wins and losses and surprises uh, for week one. This is great. Everyone's kind of touched on my points, so I can kind of zoot through them. Um, I have believed in Baker Mayfield. I was excited for him coming into this team for this season. I would like to say that I was right. Agree with Riley. Completely impressed with him in week one. There's a lot of hope there. But my star of the week was the Miami Dolphins offensive line. Tua did not get sacked once, and I think that's going to be the key to this team and this season and them going down the stretch, how much they can protect Tua, how they can keep him healthy, and give him time in the pocket if and when needed. But, I mean, I was just so impressed that they didn't get to him. Um, Disappointment of the week. I Actually, no, I also want to shout out Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had a great game. His quarterback rating was three times that of Justin Fields's, um, but that's all I will say. Um, But, you know... I love my boy Russell, always will, always have a soft spot for him. I hope he gets his shit together, and I hope Sean Payton can bring the old him back out. To the worst of the week, there's a few interesting ones. I want to start with DK Metcalf's composure. I mean, this is an issue that I've had with DK. You know, we've been we've been discussing it, the two of us, over the last couple of years. I was disappointed to see how he, you know, let his emotions get the best of him towards the end of the game. I think that's Seattle's number one problem is we're not great at finishing games. Um, especially division games. When we get upset, we really let that overcome us and overwhelm us. Um, and, you know, coming to his fifth year, I expect more of DK. And that was disappointing. You know, this boy has not yet emerged as a leader, in my opinion. And that's kind of what I'm waiting for from him. Second disappointment of the week, obviously, besides Seattle was, did I have another one? I think that was actually it. DK, do better. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a common theme for week one is just do better Quarterback, <laughs> please do better uh uh riley you mentioned this off air but big wins for the week were probably their defenses for a lot of teams that kept them in um but we'll quickly run through those teams that are undefeated currently as we end week one um it is the lions who took a one point win over the chiefs the falcons who took a win over the panthers browns who absolutely walked over the Bengals. Col- uh, Jaguars, who took a win over the Colts. Buccaneers, who took a three-point win over the Vikings. Saints, with a one-point win over the Titans. That was a great game. 49ers, again, walked over the Steelers. Commanders, four-point win over the Cardinals. Not a big one, but still a win. Um, Bears lost to the Packers. Um, <laughs> Raiders beat the Broncos by one point. Eagles over the Patriots by five. 
Dolphins over the Chargers by two. Uh, Rams over the Seahawks and a massive, massive win for the Cowboys over the Giants. And then a overtime uh, win from the Jets over the Bills. So those are the teams that remain undefeated. Before we go into our picks for week two, any surprises there for week one? Which team do you think is going to go undefeated going into week two? I think the Jags. One thing, other person I wanted to comment on was Calvin Ridley, who had an outstanding first game back. I am so happy for that boy. I've had a lot of faith in him. I was so, he was one of my most excited uh, one of the people I was most excited to watch coming to the season. I think the Jags are going to really blow us away. They're going in against the Chiefs. And I think let's make it hurt for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is finally getting exposed for the fraudster frog that he is. And I am here for it. He has been who he is because of players like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, you can try and say otherwise, but that is a huge part of it. So, yeah, Jags 2-0. That's a massive call. <laughs> it's a huge call. <laughs> Look, if you're right, if you're right, I'm, I'm there with you. All right, we got Jags 2-0. Any other teams that we think are going to uh, stay at that winning point for week two? Jamie, Riley? I was Eagles actually- aren't losing. Sorry, you go, Riley. Oh, Eagles 2-0. We've got Jags 2-0. We've got Eagles 2-0. Riley, who are your 2-0 team going to week two? The uh, Chiefs. Uh, sorry, Jags. That's who I was... Uh, thinking of well like it's such a big game divisional like oh no it's not divisional sorry but Jags have the ability to go two and up in their division Chiefs have the ability to go oh and two like that is insane to think that you know that that's a potential um but hey look Bears versus Bucks Bucks could do this They they could, and, and we hate to see it um, as well. Look, I'm going to go Saints. Saints two and They're going to be my my team going two and zero in a week two. Uh, everything about the Bears needs to be improved. Um, but to round out our episode for the week, uh, Laura, you can kick us off on this one. The matchup you are most looking forward to in week two. As you mentioned, uh, or Riley mentioned, we have two games on Monday Night Football, which is Tuesday morning for the Australian fans. Uh, but what is the game you are most looking forward to in Week 2? I Well, we've kind of touched on it, Chiefs and Jags. I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm also, once again, excited for Bears and Bucks. Excited to watch Baker. And I'm excited to see the Jets and the Cowboys. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup to see. Um, and let's hope that the Seahawks don't lose to the Lions because that would kind of break my soul. That would, and that would mean the Lions are starting their season two. And, oh, um, for me, you know, I don't really want to talk about the Bears. I've given them enough airtime, which is a lot coming from me. I am ex- I'll piggyback off you, Laura. I am excited to see what that Jets-Dallas game is going to look like. Um and then I think if we're looking at any, none of the other matchups really kind of pique my interest a little bit. Maybe the San Francisco Rams game will be good. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Jets and Dallas as kind of my game to watch um, and see what Minnesota and Philly can do on uh, Thursday night football. Jamie, since I mentioned Philly, you can go next. What is your pick uh, for week two? 
I actually really like the uh, interdivisional games this week. We've got Bengals, Ravens, Texans, Colts, uh, as you mentioned, Rams, Niners, uh, Pats, Dolphins could be really fun. You know, what does Belichick try and throw um, at at Tua and Mike McDaniel? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, out of those four, for some reason, I have no idea why I'm so fascinated by Houston versus the Colts, like the Texans versus the Colts. Like, I know I should never say that in a million years. But watching two rookie quarterbacks, I had Shane Steichen as my sleeper sleeper coach of the year. I'm all in on the Colts. I like I like this stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm doubling down. Let's go Texans. Let's go Colts. I will be watching. I will be the only person watching that game. <laughs> yeah, uh, you definitely might be on that one for sure. Um, but yeah, fair point. Two rookies facing off each other. Um, who's in the better system? We will see. Uh, Riley, you get to kind of finish us off for your picks uh things you're looking forward to for week two yeah look i'm chiefs jags that one that one's right up there um chiefs have got to come into the jags it's not hopefully it's nice and hot in florida sweaty for for not just losing is what i hope uh the chiefs end up doing but um i think i think ravens bengals to be two and O and O and two at the end of this game into your divisional rival is pretty much a hole you can't really dig yourself out of. Um, not until at least the end of the the season. So the Bengals really need that one, and if they can't get it, I I know they started O and two last year, but it was against Pittsburgh in round one and. Uh, not not somebody in their division. And Pittsburgh were completely null and void for the rest of the season, so it's not like they had to worry about them. But the Ravens are their biggest – well, I would think that they would be their biggest competition. Um, but with the Browns now somehow chugging along, um, you know, that that 0-2 hole might prove very, very difficult for the Bengals to get out, get out of that. Um, and as well as that, yeah, I think – Jets Cowboys as well I think <laughs> Zach Wilson pulled some magic out of something <laughs> um but he was very very uh he was very very lucky in that it went to overtime you know the Bills sort of choked as opposed to the Jets winning that in regular time um and then they got a gift from a punt return from an a, a unrestricted free agent that they picked up um, who they only just signed to a contract like two weeks ago or something like that. Like he only just made the squad. Like as a rookie, that's such a huge deal. Um, but without that, you know, who, who knows what would have happened. But, um, yeah, I think the Cowboys defense <laughs> against Zach Wilson, like, he he's a small boy running away from grown men. Like that's going to be hilarious to watch. I think. Do we think? Do we think the Micah MVP stuff has a bit more credibility now? Like just as a group, like you know, especially as we were saying this throughout this episode, that quarterbacks really struggled um, to start the year, and that Cowboys defense, as you just pointed out, right, is in- incredible. I think Tyreek over Mike. Parsons. True. 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 Yeah. Good this point. was a, this was a question I saw posed on first take, and it was like, who's more dangerous? Who's the most dangerous player? And the Stephen A. and and um, Shannon both said Tyreek Hill, 
Dan was trying to say Patrick Mahomes, but then they were throwing it out there, like who's more dangerous, who's more dangerous, Mike Parsons, Aaron Donald. Like defensive players just don't get that that recognition as much as as much as a offensive player ever will. Um, it's not a, a starring position to play. You can, you know, th- you'll never get as many looks as a defender as you will as a quarterback. The ball's not in your hand for 99% of the game. Um, so, like, you're, yeah, you're relying on the ball to come your way, so to speak, whereas the, the quarterback makes the plays. Um, yeah. he's, he, he's stellar. Like, I would take him over Aaron Donald right now. I think he's much more versatile. I think his skill position is a lot harder. Um, I mean, Donald's a scary beast, but passes like, yeah. Yeah. I've got more skills as well. Like, he can play in, like, three different positions. He can guard a, guard a running back. He can guard a, a receiver. He can drop into pass coverage. He can stop a run. Like, you know, Donald's Donald's basically just a, a bowling ball. Yeah. I mean, I think Micah Parsons is hands down going to be the defensive player of the year. Not a question. And I agree, you know, it would be great to see some of these defensive players get more of the credit and combination that they deserve. Um, but I just, you know, yeah. It, it's interesting because I think Micah Parsons is the difference in the Dallas Cowboys winning versus losing in a lot of situations. I don't know, you know, and when you look at, say, the Dolphins and you look at Tyreek Hill, well, his performance comes down to Tua. But I think what he is able to do and bring to that team is the security and the consistency that you actually can't get from any other player if you put any other, if you grabbed DK, for example, put DK there, I don't think he would have the same performance. Um, so it's an interesting one and it'll be really interesting to see how it goes throughout the rest of the season with those two players, especially MVP watch on Mojo Sports. Oh, MVP watch for sure. We've definitely made some bold, uh, claims last week with our two early to tell predictions, especially with me, uh, and saying the Browns will have the worst record. I still stand by that. You never know <laughs> what can happen in this season. Um, I'm not wavering off those, but, um, hopefully week two, uh, the script for week two is just as exciting as the script for week one from the NFL. I think I'm going to keep using that while it remains to be very, very exciting. Um, but here's to a fantastic week one um, and a very entertaining week two. And I'm so glad the NFL is back and we will catch you all next week.